You can call your drug dealer, you can call your dope dealer and get back in the game, or you can call Cornbread Hustle. It's up to you. But you will know about Cornbread Hustle before you get out of prison. And if we don't have a job for you, we know how to help you find a job. We can help you. Welcome to an Army of Normal Folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'm a normal guy. I'm a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, and I'm a football coach in inner city Memphis. And the last part unintentionally led to an Oscar for the film about our team. It's called Undefeated. I believe our country's problems will never be solved by a bunch of fancy people in nice suits talking big words that nobody understands on CNN and Fox, but rather by an army of normal folks, us, just you and me saying, hey, I can help. That's what Sherry Garcia, the voice we just heard, has done. Sherry is the founder of Cornbread Hustle, a second chance staffing agency that has helped over a thousand returning citizens get jobs just last year. And it's a for-profit company. Sherry's incredible work is inspired by an incredible amount of pain and redemption that she's experienced. I cannot wait for you to meet her right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Hey everybody, it's Coach Bill Courtney. If you're enjoying an episode of An Army of Normal Folks, there's another podcast you might like, especially if the global conflicts that seem to surround us and even the upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the right answers, but on what could go right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Reed Zakaria, and economist Alan Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Sherry Garcia lives in Dallas, Texas, and she flew to us in Memphis in January around some ice storms we had. 
and a week after Tyree Nichols was brutally murdered by four Memphis police officers. Sherry Garcia, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I'm uh, so glad uh, that you made it. Yeah. Had a little plane trouble. Mm-hmm. Were All that ice. Were you scared? No, of course I'm not scared. You know what I am scared of, though? Uh-oh. Being stuck out here and not getting back home. This is a good place to be stuck. That's a good place. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we we can talk about some um, some current events. We're not supposed to timestamp this, but I'm sure you, like everybody else in the country, saw the the beating by the five Memphis policemen of an innocent man. How'd yes. that strike you? I mean, just like any other any other videos that we see of the same thing happening over and over and over again in our country. Um, it's painful. It's horrible. But you're right. Your city really handled it well. I thought whenever I saw the date that I was coming in, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be flying into a war zone. Nope. No war zone. You, you know why? I believe it's because instead of him hauling around, the city fired the officers and then within a week pressed charges on all of them. They didn't hide behind anything and and they they did the right thing and maybe that's an imprint for social justice without social destruction yeah i think the swift action is definitely because if there was no swift action then we might see something different yeah i mean if you watch the video there's really not much to question exactly well at any rate the city didn't burn because we have some disenfranchised people who said the city's trying to do right in a god-awful situation, and they certainly protested, which is their right, but they didn't burn our city down, and Mm -hmm. for that, I'm really thankful, and frankly, I'm proud of my town. Me too. So if you get stuck here today, it's not the end of the world. Okay. Maybe maybe I can just enjoy myself for an extra day here. That's it, if you have to. (laughs) If I have to. That's right. (laughs) So um, we're going to talk about Cornbread Hustle in a little bit, which is a great name. By the way, my nickname in high school is Cornbread. Tell me why. Because I played football and during two-a-days, two-a-days is you practice and then you take off for about an hour and a half for lunch and then you have your second practice, two practice in Mm -hmm. a day, two-a-days. And everybody bring their lunch and mama always cooked Southern. So it was always uh, country fried steak or fried chicken or soul food or whatever with green beans or greens. And there's always, she always cooked skillet cornbread and we never ate it all. So she would always wrap up the cornbread in aluminum foil, usually half a pie. And I would take that and that's what I would, I would eat cornbread and buttermilk for uh, lunch at two a days. And Candidly, the black guys on the team thought that was hilarious because I never saw a white guy like that, and they nicknamed me Cornbread. So, do you know how I came up with my company name? No. Almost a similar story. Everyone thought it was hilarious because when I'd come in and visit in the prisons to volunteer, I would eat like I wasn't going to eat again. They'd be like, dang, Sherry, what's going on? Eating prison food like that? uh, Yes. So you like prison food. (laughs) Okay. So everyone always was like, how do you like prison food? It's because in the world, I'm always on a low-carb diet. I was always dieting. But it was one of those things. 
well, I'm in prison. So I just load up on carbs while I was in prison because it was the easiest justification for me. <laughs> so that's why they were. So have you ever seen the movie Life? Yeah, sure. Remember the scene where they got in a riot over right. some cornbread? Yeah. So they would always, always, always say to me, hey, Sherry, you going to eat your cornbread? Like they'd continuously make fun of me for how fast I was eating and always wanting seconds. And so whenever I decided to start the company, I was like, okay, cornbread.com, not available. And I was thinking of all kinds of different combinations. I was like, cornbread inspiration. That's lame. Like I was like, no, okay, cornbread. And then hustle. Hustle came to mind. I was like, cornbread hustle. I'm going for it. Domain available. I'm buying it. It's perfect. It's a prison name. Well, I was never in prison, but I uh, my nickname was Cornbread. In fact, there are pe- I'm 54 years old, and there are people that I will see out around town that I played with and against when I was a freshman or sophomore, and they do not know my name. They still call me Cornbread, so it's a thing. And, you know, there was a lot of business mentors that said to me, Sherry, you are going to be selling to HR professionals. Are you sure that you want a name like Cornbread Hustle? They they were missing the point. You're going to remember Cornbread Hustle. Not only are they going to remember it, but my population were the people that I'm serving. So I was like, look, it'd be great if the HR people come along and give me money, which I needed. So back then I wasn't very bit. Thank God. Back then I was drinking still. So I wasn't thinking it all the way through. But I had the right intentions and the right heart where I was like, I'm serving my people. Cornbread and hustle. My, my people love cornbread hustle. So here's the deal. Nobody has any idea what we're talking about right now. So we've got to unpack all this. Yeah, okay. It's going to be a lot to unpack. So first, tell me where you grew up. Tell me about Sherry, the, the kid. Where, where'd you grow up? What was your, what was your, what was your growing up experience? I had a really great growing up experience. Um, Great neighborhood. My parents. Where? In in the colony. The colony, Texas. So just a suburb right outside of Dallas. Got it. And my parents were amazing. I didn't lack for anything. We had a great house. I was a very inventive, creative child. I had business ideas starting from second grade, going door to door, selling little bookmarks that I made. I <laughs> I also invented a peanut butter slash maple syrup type. That sounds product. disgusting, frankly. Well, it is disgusting. And so <laughs> how'd it do? <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought it was disgusting and weird that my mom smeared peanut butter on her pancakes, then poured syrup on it. I wasn't interested in that, but since she was doing a two-part process, I had the idea to mix it together and package it up and try it. And so I went door to door trying to serve my samples. Do you samples. know what Elvis Presley's favorite sandwich was? Well, I'm just going to guess since we're on this topic, it must be peanut butter and maple sandwich. Peanut butter and banana. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Peanut butter know. and banana sandwiches. And then they fried them. Oh, wow. Yeah. My grandma really used to Really disgusting. Uh, Might us. be what killed them. <laughs> my grandma my grandma used to feed us uh marshmallow cream and peanut butter. That's disgusting too. <laughs> so anyway, the peanut butter and syrup could not have gone well. I cannot fathom that doing well. But the point is, you grew up with a mom and dad at home in a in a nice neighborhood, going to nice schools, and you were inventive and entrepreneurial at a young age. And then you got on meth. Now, how's that work? (laughs) 
And then you got on meth. Well, I want to understand that. Yeah. So I actually don't share this story very often on, uh, and I've never shared it on bigger platforms, but I'll do it today. Good. Uh, good. I, I feel like I'd be forced anyway. Well, I mean, we're, t- we're let's, let's just, you know, um, we're normal folks, right? You're, you're not, you're not a, you're not a politician and we all have struggles and, to hear so far, you painted a Norman Rockwell painting with peanut butter and maple syrup and the colony and everything else. And somehow that turned into meth. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to connect the dots. Yeah. Well, what's really um, difficult for me is I don't have a problem sharing my own struggles and things that I did in my own choices. I'm such a daddy's girl. And, um, It was my daddy that indirectly introduced me to meth. and Well, it sounds like your mom and dad were married, right? They were. So let me back it all the way up. Yeah. Mom and dad are married. They did start fighting a little more often and things at home weren't very peachy, but it just seemed like normal, you know, lightly toxic family issues. Um, one day I was across the street at a friend's house. He was an older kid who had already dropped out of high school. He was kind of the bad kid, but I was across the street at his house. What were you doing hanging out with him? He had a younger brother as well. And my brother and my brother's friends with that younger brother. So it was, yeah, it was just the kids next door and we were always over there. Yeah. Neighborhood stuff. Neighborhood stuff. How old were you? I was at that time, I would say around 16 okay. years old. Yeah. Maybe, maybe getting into 17. I think I was 16 at that time. So a teenager. Yeah. And um, trying to figure it all out, probably. Oh, I had it all figured out. Mm, Duh. Of course. My bad. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Remember? Right. <laughs> so. Okay. So you're, you're at the neighbor's house and yeah. you're a teenager. And he was like, hey, you know, uh, your dad smokes, right? And I was like, smokes? My dad makes fun of my mom for smoking. Like, he calls cigarettes cancer sticks. There's no way. And he was like, nope. And I was like, well, I know it's not weed because my dad's like totally anti-drug. My dad was a strict dad that was pretty religious. And hmm. so he wouldn't even allow me. Like, they had pajama day at school in elementary school. And he raised hell over that because he didn't want his daughter to be in front of boys in pajamas. So my dad was always pretty straight-laced. And so I was like, smoke? So what do you mean? He was like, ice. And I was like, ice? What's ice? And he was like, you know, meth. And I was like, no, I don't. I had no idea what that was. And I was like, there's no way my dad's doing drugs. There's absolutely no way. And he was like, Sherry, look out the window. It's 11 o'clock at night and your dad's mowing the lawn. He's on meth. Oh, my gosh. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he always does that. And he was like, that's my point. And I was like, what? And it was well, just. Hold it. How does a guy like that end up on meth? He tried it one day. Well, I can. Well, I'll fast forward whenever I get to. The, I guess we shouldn't fast forward yet because I found out later. How he ended up on meth. I mean, the same way that... So, drug addiction doesn't discriminate. My dad had a lot of unresolved trauma. He was an amazing dad, and he had a beautiful wife, and he had beautiful kids. But 
my dad walked in on his dad. Um, his dad killed himself, and my dad found him. Oh God! He hung himself, and was an alcoholic. So, addiction was in my dad's DNA. Even though my dad had no interest in drugs or alcohol, my dad, you know, he partied every once in a while, like at family barbecues, and sometimes he'd get a little tipsy. But my dad was a real straight laced guy. But um, he was just. He was struggling at work. He he worked a really um it was a, a telecom type job and it was a overnight job where he was trying to stay awake and a friend had suggested to him that he could try something to stay awake. Cause my dad was like, Man, how are you staying awake? How are you getting all this work done? And he let my dad try it and my dad was instantly hooked. And so That is horrible. Yeah, it is. Um, and so whenever I heard about, you know, this guy, he's telling me my dad smokes meth, which by the way, this guy knew my dad smoked meth because he was my dad's drug dealer. Lovely. The neighbor, I know. Across the street. Yes. So I was like, give me some. Is your dad really cutting the grass at 11 o'clock at night? Yes, he was. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But I, I was like. even, oh, just, okay. He's just weird, you know? Um, uh, and this is a. Very hard for me to, I've because I love my dad so much and I've grieved his death so much because he died recently. So, of course, that's why I never came out with the story. My dad was my best friend. And yeah, you didn't was, want to hurt him. I didn't want to hurt him. I get it. And he was still living. And then of, right at his passing, of course, I only wanted to remember the good things about him. Sure. And I, I wanted him to you know, have a better legacy than the dad that got his daughter on meth. And he, just to be clear, he never got me on meth. I heard he was doing it, so I wanted to go find it. Because Well, you were hanging out at his dealer's house. You didn't have to look far. I didn't have to look far, but the dealer, being the uh, person of integrity that he is, he wouldn't let me be the first to try it from him. So he told me I need to go find it first, try it, and then I can come back and buy it from him. Oh, what a what a chivalrous, <laughs> what a fine young man! Yeah. I I will say that he's sober today and doing really amazing, and we've reconnected and we've had discussions. I bet, so he, I bet you have had quote discussions. <laughs> and now a few messages from our generous sponsors. But first, we're now offering premium memberships for the Army of Normal Folks for ten bucks a month. You'll receive special benefits, such as being invited to a private yearly call with other premium members and me, access to monthly Ask Me Anything episodes, and occasional bonus audio. If you're interested in this, I hope you go to normalfolks.us and click on premium. But guys, that's really not what it's about. You get all that cool stuff, and we're going to provide all that stuff. But the truth is... We're trying to, to grow the army of normal folks and have a greater impact on the country. And with the premium memberships, we can fuel our marketing efforts to grow it. This podcast peaked at number 10 on Apple's podcast chart and all of the U.S., which is absolutely crazy. And it's not about me. It's about the guest and it's about you. So we've decided to set an exciting new goal of trying to be on Apple's top shows chart for our entire first year which will mean more attention, more listeners, more Army members, and most importantly, more impact. 
but we need you, as always. So go to normalfolks.us and click on premium if you're down to help. If not, just keep listening. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Coach Bill Courtney. If you're enjoying an episode of An Army of Normal Folks, there's another podcast you might like, especially if the global conflicts that seem to surround us and even the upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, The hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the right answers, but on what could go right, They're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Reed Zakaria, and economist Alan Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A you go out on the street and find some meth to try because your dad's doing it so i'm trying to connect those i mean honestly you're 16 or 17 you had to know meth was not good so well they i mean I was a cheerleader at the time, and I was told it could make me lose weight. I was sold. Uh, oh, my goodness. I was sold on that alone. So, so you found it, and I assume if your grandfather was addictive, and clearly your father's addictive, you have some of that same oh genetic predisposition yeah. toward addiction. Yeah, I, I ended up finding it. It's not hard. You, I, I was working at... um a golden corral and all i did was go to the back and ask a couple of guys if they knew anybody who had it i mean at that was it i know a lot of people when they think of meth they think about people who like pick their face and are out on the street and super skinny there are a lot of people that you may not even realize that you interact with every day that are functional meth addicts and using and going to work every single day 
Well, I just also had a thought that um, I don't know that I'm ever going to eat at a Golden Corral again now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you can. I think they're like going out of business pretty well, that's COVID, probably. I think COVID uh, killed but them. But you can understand why there are people running around eating their 17th plate. The, the mashed potatoes might have had meth in them. <laughs> Okay, well, let's. I, I could have found it at IHOP, at Denny's. I could. What I'm telling you is, you can find meth anywhere you want. Uh, I get it. I'm playing. <laughs> and so you went and got some meth. You tried it. You got hooked. And now your dad's dealer is your dealer, who happens mm-hmm. to be the guy across the street who's a friend of your brother's. I mean, this is like all really close to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I tried it, and I did it every single day for two years from the day I tried it. Are you kidding me? Except for one day, and the only reason why I remember that day so vividly is because I was sick as a dog. I I only didn't do meth because I had a stomach bug, and I was sick. Oh, it wasn't withdrawals. It was you were sick. I was just sick. So you're in high school as a cheerleader Mm -hmm. doing meth. Yes. For Mm -hmm. real? For real. Yes. That's- Putting it in my drink- on the way to school, they had just built a brand new QT and they did a year of free slushies. So that was part, I know, that was that was what I did. I'd stop and get a slushie and drop a couple of shards of meth into my slushie. And I mean, I shouldn't even be talking about this so lightly. That's horrible. It was really horrible. Looking back, like, it's allowed me, looking back and seeing it as, wow, that's, it does allow me to give myself a lot of grace for how much I've stumbled in being an adult and becoming an alcoholic and like all the other toxic behaviors that I had that I had to undo and peel the onion back on. Yeah, but it's not where we start, right? It's where we finish. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking about your mom. She had to have known your dad was doing meth. So that's... Another interesting thing um, that I've never, ever talked about on any platform, ever. My dad had fallen out of a vehicle and he was in a coma for several months because he got ran over by another car. He was in grief. Yeah, he was in a coma and we were making funeral arrangements because he wasn't expected to make it. I bear I don't remember much of it because I was only like 5 years old or younger. But my mom was thinking that all his erratic behavior, she kept taking him to like brain specialists and they'd go to therapy and she was trying to nobody in the whole family believed that somebody like my dad would ever do drugs. So it was like it wasn't even like at the top of the list as a possibility. It was like a, there's no way. My mom did end up, leap all the behavior and um, him not paying the mortgage and the money disappearing, though, that was the reason for the divorce. And so when they divorced, I told my brother, I'm going to go live with dad. You stay with mom. Of course, if my mom knew at that time that my dad was absolutely positively using meth, then I'm sure she would have tried to stop me from going to live with him. But I was older than 15 years old and able to make my decision on which parent I wanted to live with. Sherry, that means that your dad was using meth and you're in high school living with him using meth. Correct. Oh, gosh. Were you using meth with him? 
No. So we never crossed that boundary, thank God. I Did you both know each other was using it? Yes. Wow. Yes. That is phenomenal that, you know, stories like that typically lead to complete destruction. It did. Well, but you stopped. How? You know, I was always a very ambitious person, very inventive, like I said, creative. I was on the cheerleading team. I had even created, I started my first company while I was in high school. It was called Shot of Style. It was a photography studio. I was doing senior pics and charging the parents money. And this was like before I, no, this was while on meth slash before I got on meth. I was just, it's weird. It's hard to remember if it was, let's see, before. No, it was during. It was during meth. I started taking pictures because I had worked at Glamour Shots. While I was heavy in my meth addiction. Did, did, did the other kids' parents not know? Was this like the biggest secret on earth or did your friends know? I'm, I, I mean, I remember high school. It wasn't that long ago. And high school kids know what other high school kids are doing typically. Mm -hmm. And that's something I have to live with all the time every day is the people that I introduced to it and what it did to them. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a hell of a burden. And yes, parents did know and rumor mills did happen. And um, I did get kicked off the cheerleading team because I got evicted from my apartment because of weed, actually. So I was just thankful that I got kicked off the cheerleading team for having weed. I was like, okay, well, sure. You know? <laughs> wow. So um, I was very quickly going from being a respected person in school that made decent grades and played sports to I I was the kid that the parents said don't go to her house you can't go to her house you know what's interesting is not 10 minutes ago I asked you to tell me about the way you came up and you said oh it was great it was a wonderful house it was in the I think you said the colony in Dallas everything's great yeah you were dealing with meth mm -hmm. and getting kicked out of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it even makes your story to me more remarkable because very few people will overcome an adolescent situation like that one. So again, what made you stop? So I just, I, I kept, a lot of people who have used meth can relate to this feeling, but there were a lot of times that I, because once meth takes over your life and your life sucks, like your whole life becomes like you're a slave to the drug. You wake you're gripped. Up, you're gripped. I've heard, I've, I've heard addicts say it's, it's, it's got me gripped. Yes. So it can start out as something that, Wow. I did like 10 flips down the football field. This made me better at cheerleading. <laughs> wow, I've lost 15 pounds in one week. This is amazing. Wow, I stayed up all night and just finished this paper and got an A on it. So people don't start drugs because it negatively affects them and keep doing them. Like who's going to keep doing drugs that didn't feel good or didn't give a result? So it was giving me results, but then once it gripped me and once I was um, 
I mean, getting kicked. I had an apartment while I was in high school. That's growing up fast. That's some fast growing up. So getting evicted from my... Why did you have an apartment? Because I wanted to live on my own. And my dad co-signed on it for me. Wow. Yeah, I just wanted to do my own thing. And I'm sure he was just fine with that, you know? We both kind of wanted to do our own thing. So um, I just... I, I spent a lot of time doing the whole flushing the meth down the toilet or stomping the pipe and saying I'm done. But what would happen is... I would face my 430 credit score, no car, no money, like facing all those feelings. What meth does really well is numb feelings. Meth makes you feel like you can be like president of the United States tomorrow and your crap doesn't stink and you feel no feelings. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Coach Bill Courtney. If you're enjoying an episode of An Army of Normal Folks, there's another podcast you might like, especially if the global conflicts that seem to surround us and even the upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, The hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the right answers, but on what could go right, They're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Reed Zakaria, and economist Alan Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. There's a meth problem throughout the center of our country. There's a meth problem everywhere, but there's an especially egregious meth problem in a lot of rural areas in places like West Virginia and Kentucky and Ohio and East Tennessee, and I'm sure it's everywhere, but I'm just, uh, I'm aware of those. And it's largely 
people who've been left behind by uh, the factory in the town shutting down or the mill in the town shutting down and very little prospects. And hearing you, I guess I, I can see being a, a high school kid from a real rural area who really doesn't have the money or prospects that's, that's, that's maybe, you know, lower to middle income and not much going on and meth being the only thing that makes them feel good at first. I mean, is that, is, do you see that? I mean, am I, is, is that right? Or I think that cause I had, I mean, meth landed right in my, I mean, my family had it all. I think drug addiction can get anybody and if you have a lot of unresolved trauma and especially people who live in the inner cities and are in toxic families they're definitely going to probably let that drug grip them quicker than somebody and be more susceptible yes absolutely avoiding the feelings that you have to deal with like there's um that's why i i did create a a 12-week starting over program inside prisons. And that whole program is about understanding boundaries, understanding codependency, understanding toxic relationships. Because I can give you a job all day long. Um, I can pet your head and tell you everything's going to be okay. I can hand you a bunch of money. I can give you shelter. I can give you a car. But you're going to lose all of that if you haven't learned how to process your feelings. Or if you haven't learned how to live in sobriety while being accountable and changing your life it, it's hard and one of the gifts that I have because of my experiences because people ask all the time like if you could change anything would you I mean I don't want to live it again I'd, I'd say just kill me put a gun to my head instead just kill me if you're going to make me go live it again but I don't want to change a thing because I don't think I would have had the ability to have this gift of making people feel good while holding them accountable. Not many leaders can do that. It's usually one or the other. Well. And one's enabling and one is shaming, right? Well, certainly experience has given you a very unique set of tools and a toolbox to do the things you're doing now. Mm -hmm. So, again, I, I still don't know why you got off math or how you got off math. What, what did that? I, I got, you stomped the pipe, you threw it yeah, down the toilet, I, but... I got a, I, I had a lot of arrests. My arrests were always frivolous. It was for um, driving on the wrong side of a divided highway. Or, because you were on meth? I was, but I never got my car searched. And the times that I did get my... I just got lucky. Simply put, I never got caught with meth. So I never got charged with a possession. I never got a felony. But you got arrested for I, driving on the wrong side of the road. Because I had a warrant. You also never died. I know. That because I had So I had tons of warrants. In fact, <laughs> I don't want to say this. <laughs> I probably have a warrant in Memphis, Tennessee from a long time ago. <laughs> I just told you the last time. <laughs> if they still and I'm to pay that ticket and make the amends okay so <laughs> if, if the, memphis 
I will pay my ticket. Just don't, don't make me sit in jail first. Oh, my God. <laughs> so how many times have you been arrested? Oh, my gosh. I can't. So I think the number of times I've been arrested is around the 14, 14 time mark. But and, it, and it, when we say arrested, did that mean jail time or nope, a, a night always, in jail? Always a night in jail. And out. So very privileged, very lucky. I never did any prison time. The, I cannot relate to the people that I serve on the basis of spending time in prison. But Where you understand I relate, the booking process. You understand oh the fear. You understand. I understand the prison in your own mind of of hating yourself or running from something and chasing something and being addicted and not meeting your potential. I I understand. Um, I understand that there's no reason I shouldn't be in prison for the rest of my life right now. My last arrest, which happened five years ago, was um, a DWI. And I was so drunk that I had to go back to the police station the next day and ask what city my car was in. So I could have killed myself or someone else. Somebody called 911 and said that I was swerving so badly that I was going to hurt someone. Of course, I was angry for a very long time that somebody would snitch me out but now that I'm they in- They probably saved your life. They probably absolutely did. Back then, I probably would have rather died. That's how bad my life was looking at that point. I was that drunk pretty much in the middle of the day. Um, were you working? I was. So you were- I was the CEO of Cornbread Hustle at that time. So I am four years sober from alcohol, but I started Cornbread Hustle six years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We got- so success so, is not linear my friend <laughs> <laughs> it never is but yours is extraordinarily non-linear i know so you got off meth but you replaced it with alcohol i mean is that right yep that's about it that's that that's to make a long story very short okay so it, here's we we keep and so you, i know you keep so how i got off meth by the way it was just Arrest after arrest after arrest. I'd go like 30 days without doing meth. And then I'd relapse. And both times that I relapsed after 30 days sober, something bad happened. The first time, I ended up stealing. I was at a drug dealer's house and I stole a whole bunch of methadone. And I tried to take a bunch of it to help me sleep because I just wanted to do a little bit of meth to stay up. I took a whole bunch of it and I thought I was going to die. Literally, I was so sick. I I mean, my stomach was pumping itself. Sherry, I mean, you were a drug addict. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, I still am if you put drugs in front of me. So, I, I'll always be a drug addict and an alcoholic, and I have to remember that. No, I, I get that part. Let me, let me say it a different way. You were a active practicing drug addict and not just someone who... I mean, this was your life. Yes. It was my entire life for a couple of years. The strength it takes. I have addicts in my family, and none of them have been able to kick it. The strength, the internal fortitude you have to be four years completely alcohol and drug free after having been basically an addict since you were 16 or 17 year olds in high school is. I mean, it just says a lot about about you, and that's a story unto itself. We keep referencing Cornbread Hustle 
people. So we have to we have to tie that together. Um, tell me about why and how at the very beginning, not what you're doing now. We'll unpack that, but mm-hmm. why and how at the very beginning. So you asked what got me off meth. It was just the same reason I got off alcohol, trying to quit for a little bit. It sucked quitting, but then realizing relapsing sucked worse. The second time I relapsed, I was in the back of a cop car. And how is that possible? Oh, God. There's another story. You the- were in the back of a cop car and then you relapsed? No. <laughs> I ended up in the back of a cop okay, car because good I God. It. You said the second time. I'm like, no. would you have it in your sock and decide <laughs> to get high in the back of a car? Oh, gosh. You don't want to be high on meth going to jail. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, note to listeners. Yes. Don't take meth if you're going to jail. It's terrible. Okay. Go ahead. Most people know that. If you got no, a Xanax, Most though, people don't know that. Most drug addicts may know that, but most people don't know that. (laughs) Okay, you're right. Sometimes I forget how privileged (laughs) I am to know everything about the drug world. Um, Anyways, I ended up going to relapse, met up with some old friends, and they looked strung out. They must have been on a bender. And I show up in my little cheerleading bow and cute clothes. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? I'm going to do some meth. Because, again, I was... a like a month or a month and a half sober. And I just, I wanted to do enough just to get motivated to fix my life. That is a problem with a lot of people. There's two problems of people that I see that get off meth and come out of prison or get off meth at all. We have this idea that we can do just a little to jumpstart either losing weight. Cause you can gain a lot of weight getting off meth, obviously, or to jumpstart getting back on track with like finding a job or or facing the problem is you walk right back into the grip that is the problem so they ended up getting in some gosh some brawl in the front yard there was some kind of trailer trash brawl i can't remember what happened some lady comes screaming like a banshee and and it's a big big old fight in the front yard and somebody calls the cops the cops show up and the cops take everyone's id I ended up being the only one arrested. Because you had a warrant. Because I had a warrant. So all the times I got arrested, it was because I had a warrant. It was never because I got caught with the drugs. But because of the way everyone was behaving and the erratic behavior and cops aren't stupid, on the way to the police station or to jail, they were like, hey, you're the least likely person we thought we were going to arrest tonight. And, And they basically just... I'll never forget like that, you know, people come in your life and plant seeds and say things and you put it in your back pocket and you're like, "Hmm." boy, do I. Yeah. And so he just said, do you want to look like those people? Because you don't right now. I hope you know that. Like, it's very obvious that you're new to this. And if you want to keep going down this road, that's how you're going to look. Which means you look like you're 85 when you're 30 and your teeth are rotten out of your head. Pretty much is what he was implying. And so it wasn't really his words or him threatening that I'm going to look like an old lady at 30. Mr. Potato Head. It it was more of the fact that, man, it really did suck being sober for that month or so. 
but it sucked a lot worse riding in a cop car to jail and starting all over again. So that was the moment that I really realized that no matter what, meth isn't going to solve my problems and I'm just going to have to walk this tough road to, to get better. That concludes part one of our conversation with Sherry Garcia, and I hope you'll listen to part two that's now available. Her redemption story is just getting started. But if you don't, make sure you join the Army of Normal Folks at normalfolks.us and sign up to become a member of our movement. It only takes committing to doing one new thing this year to help others, and there will be a ton of awesome ideas on this podcast from the folks we're featuring. Some of them may resonate with you deeply and others may not at all, and that's okay. We're all called to do different things with our different talents. But by signing up, you'll receive a weekly email and short episode summaries in case you happen to miss an episode, or maybe you prefer just reading about our incredible guests. Together, guys, we can change this country, but it starts with you. I'll see you guys in part two. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.